the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good day. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and a wee bit more sometimes. Let's see. Get my mic perfect. Good. Um, Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. That's kind of like the rules of the show. Anything. So, the year's still very, very young. Happy birthday, by the way. Um, futures are what the market deals with before the market opens. And sometimes they kind of tell you how things went in Europe and how things went in Asia. You don't put a lot of weight in it because there's kind of in my world, and I I think this is fairly true more often than not, the U.S. markets seem to really control the other world markets. You know, we're the, they're the tail, we're the dog. Um per se. So sometimes you come into work and you're like, what's the tone like today? And that's when you're checking in on the futures. Uh, stock market opens at 6.30 Eastern or California time, Pacific time, California time. Uh, God. How pathetic. Oh, the show started rough today, huh? Um, we're paying a lot of attention to oil. A lot of attention to oil. So that's one of the big things. We're also paying a lot of attention to quantitative easing in Europe. European markets well off their highs but remained higher. The gains there followed reports suggesting the ECB, the European Central Bank's next uh, quantitative easing program, would be funded by contributions from you know national central banks to purchase sovereign debt. On the other hand, Asia was weaker with China trading down basically 2%. Japan was closed for a holiday. U.S. labor market was primarily the focus last week. Remember um, the first Friday you know, of the month, you basically get to take a look at how the economy is doing in the U.S. with the labor, and then you trade off of it for the next four or five sessions. And like, oh, the U.S. Uh, the labor force is getting stronger, but wages are getting weaker. Let's argue this kind of thing. Um, do more wages equal more economy or do more wages equal more inflation and inflation ultimately and sometimes it's like the mood of the market Tiffany's lower today for the record any man that's ever gotten a woman a Tiffany ring I hate you Uh, you've set the expectation just blatantly and absurdly wrong cubic zirconium would have been enough but no you had to get her 30% true 
you had to. You just had to get her that that, that little box. That, you know, people on eBay should sell those little boxes and then put cubic zirconians in them. That's my business idea of the day. Lulu Lemon is up 7.5% after giving encouraging guidance for fourth quarter earnings and revenue. I hate to admit this. I'm starting yoga. Boy, you got quiet in here. And uh, I'm going to buy some Lululemon clothes because I want to look good. Because if I can't stretch well, I'd at least better look good stretching if you're with me. Put another fanny on it, the Barbie. <laughs> Can we get that one, one one more time? Put another fanny on the Barbie. In mergers and acquisition news, there are a few deals announced in the pharma space this morning. Oh, what was, it, what was I even bringing up, Lululemon? Oh, they gave encouraging guidance and upped their revenue numbers. In M&A news, there's a few deals announced in the pharma space. Uh, NPS Pharma is going to be acquired by Shire for about $5.2 million. $5.2 billion. Whoops. $1 million billion. Eh, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Techmira? Techmira. Sounds like an evil pharmaceutical company. They're not, but it sounds like one. Uh, one of the primary drug makers involved in the treatment of Ebola is merging with Encore Biopharma to form a combined company worth $750 million. They've got to be bummed that Ebola is out of the news right now. I'm sure people are dying, but we don't care. I saw that since basically late December, early mid-January, 2,000 people have been you know, murdered by terrorists in Africa, and no one really talks about that. Um, I wonder why. So, five volatile days on the market. There's plenty to digest. There's a total of 18 S&P 500 constituents expected report results over the course of this week. Uh, with several large financial institutions reporting later in the week, we've hit earnings season, and it starts off with a, you know, just a, you know, teeny tiny little whimper, and then it picks up big time next week. But the numbers this week are really important numbers. We'll get earnings from J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs. Things will pick up next week uh, with around 45 S&P 500 constituents on the earnings calendar. There isn't any economic data scheduled today. Um, so we don't really have to worry about that all that much. Um, so we could play with other headlines like Amazon, for instance. Um, they upset both HBO and Netflix with winning a Golden Globe last night. Transparent, starring Jeffrey Tambor as a father who comes out as a transgender to his adult children, won the Golden Globe for Best TV Series, Musical, or Comedy. Tambor accepted this award on stage with executive producer Jill Soloway. Um, Amazon... And Netflix have done an amazingly good job of introducing quality television. House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, following in the footsteps of Netflix, or I'm following, following the footsteps of Time Warner and companies like AMC and FX. You know, FX Justified's coming back, and that had an amazing run of high-quality, interesting television. And then you look what's on ABC, NBC, CBS, and you're just like, eh, meh, meh. Oh, another comedy about a guy living with his mom or dad. Oh, another comedy where the wife is the real house, head of the household. Isn't that funny? So that's that. Um, oil is crashing again today, down 3%, roughly 4% at West Texas Intermediate. 
with another multi-year low. Latest drop in crude comes after a research note from Goldman Sachs saw the firm put a six-month price target at $39 a barrel. Ooh, it's going to get interesting. Uh, and I'm totally good with that. I know a lot of you aren't. Uh, and you're like, something insidious is happening. Don't make it at the insidious angle. Make it as it's a tax break for Americans, and that does help. And yes, the Balkan shale, and yes, fracking is going to be a little bit more, uh, a little less profitable. And yes, I own an oil company that I'm not stressed about in any way, shape, or form. Bought it years and years and years ago. I'm going to hold it for years and years and years to come. So that's my angle. Do I think we've hit a bottom? Apparently not, according to Goldman Sachs. Are we a lot closer to a bottom than we were when oil was at $90, $100 a barrel? We're a lot closer. That takes some of the risk out. Now then you get into this situation of how long does it stay low? Take a break here. Be right back. You're talking to listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up this Thursday. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Club this Thursday, 630 to 9 at the Elks Club. Sign up at robblack.com. chance to meet me and hang out with CFP Chad Burton this Thursday at the Elks Club. It's a nice location. Huge amount of parking. Uh, super close to 101. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Um, if you would like to win a free pair of tickets, call the show today with any question and we'll get you a free pair of tickets. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. 1220. Otherwise, tickets are five bucks, and that's pretty cheap considering I offer coffee and wine and stuff. So think about going, it's like going to a bar, <laughs> except the wine runs out. Uh, yes. So um, big headline today, Roche to pay $1.03 billion for diagnostic firm stake. Um, what's interesting to note about that, I, I was looking at the Vanguard Healthcare Fund over the weekend. And it's had an amazing two years, up 40% and up 20%. Um, and you know what that's tied to? Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. I'm searching for the name of that in my head, and I almost forgot it. Like That's how ubiquitous it's becoming with him. Sure. Uh, long story short on that is you have to pay attention to politics because there's an enormous amount of money to be made if you do. With that said, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. Dun, da, da. People can go to your website, newfocusfinancial.com, and grab a copy. It's a resource there. But we also do webinars and seminars based on this, and it's longer form commentary. So it's interesting to say um, that you could boil this down, retirement income planning. Maximize social security benefits 
What do we need to know about this? Yeah, and this is one of the top ones because it's one of the things that people have to think about early on. And there, I don't know what, you know, with with the budget deficits that we had starting in 08, 09, and the ballooning, you know, balance sheet of the Federal Reserve and, and debt in the U.S., people just started kind of getting this idea of, oh, I'm just going to take Social Security at 62 when I can grab it. And it's because it's not going to be there, so I better take it now. And I think that's a major mistake. And I think that, if anything, 2008 and 2009 showed us that the government can print enough money to make these things last. And they realize also how important that Social Security is and how important the credit quality of the United States government is. And if they let Social Security fail without fixing it or extending it, it will could result in, in massive global issues. So I think that you know, if you're under 45, assume Social Security is not going to be there. Now, it will be, but it will be replaced by higher taxes in a different form. So just make sure you can retire without it. But if you're over 45, you can assume it's going to be there in some way, shape, or form. And you want to then know why it's so important to maximize benefits. One is because I think we're going to be in a period of five to ten years of historically low interest rates because of what's going on around the world with currency flowing into the U.S., with, um, and I won't go out 10 years, let's go with five. I don't, I don't like predicting out that far, right, Rob? Sure. Um, but there's different strategies that it make it so important to maximize every source of income because people's income from bonds and CDs are going to be low for the next five years. So there's a couple of things that, if, if anything you remember about this discussion of Social Security, remember the terms restricted application and file and suspend. Remember those two terms, restricted yeah. application, filed, and suspend. Okay, They kind of work together. What is a restricted um, application? Well, restricted application um, can't work unless your spouse does a file and suspend strategy. So let me explain how this works. Let's say you have, say you have two people. They both earned income, right? Okay. And uh, let's say you retire. Well, you can't do these things until your full retirement age, which for most people now is 66. And the idea is to note that between 66 and 70, if you wait to take Social Security, it's approximately an 8% rate of return on your money. That's how it affects your income for the rest of your life. And as long as you think you're going to live past 80, these are great strategies. Um, so what happens is if I go in, let's say my wife worked and got her own Social Security. I go in, I, at 66, I file and suspend. I tell them I want to file for Social Security, but guys, I'm not going to take it until I'm 70 because I want that 8% growth. I don't have to do that. By doing that, though, by filing and suspending, it opens up my spouse the ability to take um, what's called a restricted application or go in and take spousal benefits. So my wife can go in and take benefits based on my Social Security at 66. And then what happens is once I turn 70, I flip on the switch to take mine. So she gets these extra spousal benefits. And if you do it the right way, we have software that maximizes this. It's You're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars if you live till a ripe old age, 85, 86 to 90, if you live till 100, it's a lot of money. And and don't just get the term 66 and 70 right because it's different for every spousal situation. I've seen numbers across the board, like uh, file and suspend at various ages and start this at various ages, or or you know it, it's it's different for every couple depending on income history, um, and uh, ages and younger spouses are different, so. Um, really need to know how that that works, and then we can also talk about things like taxation and Social Security if you if you're excited about that, Rob. One of the things I, I, I kind of want to personalize this. I see a lot sure. of people, Chad, that you know that they don't have enough money for retirement. They retire and they take Social Security immediately. Yep. Because it's 
they earned it. And that's how they're going to make the ends meet. And it's like, no, work a little bit longer, get a little bit more, take it a little bit later, get a lot more. Like, people aren't willing to do that, though, Chad. I mean, realistically, the person who hasn't saved enough, not willing to listen to you. The person who has is willing to listen to you. Right. And and even the strategies that I talked about, too, is it could be different based on the type of money that you've saved. So if all of your assets are in retirement accounts and everything you draw while you're waiting to take Social Security is 100% taxable, it might not work for you. Um, so it's it's a very personalized strategy. But what is it about it, Rob, that, that something got in people's heads a while back that I have to retire at 65? Um, I think, yeah, I just think it's been marketed and, and some people. I know, and some people do it even when they're not ready, just because they can. And one one of the things that'll happen with Social Security is I think retirement age will be put off till seventy. And I think most Americans aren't going to be able to retire even at seventy, the way the, the, based on the trend that I'm seeing. One of my biggest um, fans was telling Tony that uh, you know, he, he's seventy and won't be able to retire. <laughs> it's like, and he's one of my biggest fans. I'm like, if he had been listening 15 years ago, he would have been able to retire with something. Yeah, I know. It's it's tough, but um, you got to have the extra income to be able to put away to do some of the things that we talk about. Um, and, or you so, need, and or you need to move somewhere where you can get extra yeah. income. You just can't the put your head story, in sand. Right, right. And the other story I see, Rob, is people that say, oh, gosh, you know, I'm 62, I'm retiring, and I'm not very healthy, so I'm going to take it because I don't think I'm going to live past 75. Right. And we, we recently counseled a guy that, that um, was in that situation he had already had a couple of heart attacks. Um, high blood pressure and cholesterol really ran in his family. He looked healthy, but he's like, you know, I'm not living past probably 75. Thanks um, very much. He, he was a high income earner, so we still had him put off till age 70, Rob, so that the wife, if he passed away, would get his higher check. So it's it, there's a lot of different strategies there. There are a lot of strategies. Thanks very much, even though that got a little depressing at the end. It's the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. You can find it at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can listen to a webinar on your home computer. You can check it out live in person. Find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. So Nike has confirmed that it's going to be releasing Marty McFly's self-lacing light-up sneakers from Back to the Future to the public in 2015. Are you excited? You might remember when he put a sneaker at the movie, you know, he goes to the future kind of thing. At one point in time, he puts on his sneakers, and they auto-lace, and Nike's, you know, they're one to take advantage of a good thing. Uh, The Back to the Future 2 film, uh, the power lace shoes, no details on pricing, but given that they actually lace by themselves, they're unlikely to be cheap until they actually overlace and cut off a kid's foot one day, but we'll see if that happens or doesn't happen. What's interesting to note is that 2015 is the year in which Marty McFly and Doc Brown are sent, sent in the film, and this is the year 2015, so Nike, very, very smart to take advantage of that. Um, will people line up for them? I bet they do. Nike has this great way of marketing. Uh, they don't release a lot of product, but when they do, uh, they limit them, and there's just a, a crazy demand for them. With that said, biotech stocks are underpinning the healthcare sector today. Crude oil weakness is persisting. Goldman Sachs has come out and said, we expect oil to go to 39 and stay there this year. Interesting. That's a six-month price target. Venture capital boomed this year. The money raised by venture capital firms hit $32.9 billion, a 62% increase over 2013. Investors are trying to take advantage of a hot market for startup funding and IPOs. 
this too will end bad. When startup companies are, you know, their ideas are just ever so slightly better, it's not revolutionary. It's uh, just a step up. Too much money is chasing too few ideas. Um, like, for instance, there's a startup company that does surveys. And there's plenty of survey companies out there, but they help survey companies. And you can't value that too high, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about. Remember, if you want free tickets to the event this weekend or this Thursday, you can call the show 800-516-1220. Or you can just call the show with your questions, 800-516-1220. I'm going to be doing an event in Palo Alto Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9. That's 6.30 to 9. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's the Palo Alto Elks Club. And uh, it's wealth preservation retirement planning. So as you're you know, ro- rolling towards retirement, it might be a good thing for you. We'll take a break here. Back in a little bit. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. There's a Saudi prince, Prince Alabilad, hold on, what's his name again? Prince Alawalid bin Talal. I should know that, like the back of my hand. He's saying we'll never see oil at $100 a barrel again. Now, he and, he's not like the end-all be-all, you know, hey, everything he says comes out of his mouth turns to golden. No, but his argument is intelligible which, again, I tip my hat to George W. Bush on. Just make up words. Just just do it. Intelligible. He basically says, you know, um, at one point in time, OPEC had all the oil in the world. And then other parts of the world started to figure out, hey, we got oil too. In the United States, not only did we have oil, you know, early on, but now we have technology to, like, get it out even better than before. And Saudi doesn't want to really see oil at $100 a barrel because they'd rather sell volume, volume, volume. So they're going to keep the price low, according to Prince Alawalid bin Talal. So factor that into your arguments. You know, I had a friend when oil was at 80 say, hey, I'm thinking about picking up some oil. I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Um, 40 looks to be the bottom. Uh, many analysts are now coming out throwing that number out there. Is it definitively? Well, it's zero is the bottom, but realistically. Now you could also start saying oil in 100 is a top. How long will it take to get there? It's going to be a while. So 
some of the ramifications of low oil that I do not like. We, you know, the ones we like, cheap gasoline, wee. Um, some of the ramifications I do not like would be that some countries in the world, they've got a little bit of stability in large part because they pull oil out of the ground, sell it, make lots of money, and they keep their citizens happy, and there's no other jobs. So that could, and those are typically more socialist type countries, where you get free things. You know, you're born, you get, you know, adequate health care. You're born, you get adequate, you know, cost of living. But uh, that's some of the negative ramifications. Here's another negative ramification. Senators are now starting to have talk on Capitol Hill about raising the federal gas tax to eliminate huge annual deficits in the Federal Highway Trust Fund that pays for road and bridge work around the country. Now, that would be great. I'm all for it if we're going to eliminate, you know, the huge annual deficits. I was talking with my producer during the break, and we're talking about the bullet train in California. And like, why, is the, why are they starting building it in the middle of nowhere? Why not build it between San Diego and L.A.? And then I'm like, you know, I'm all for the bullet train if we lived in a world where costs don't run over egregiously. But it seems like California can't build, you know, a stick fort without running over on costs. And that bothers me a bit. So where do I go with this? Low gas prices have rekindled talk on Capitol Hill about raising federal gas tax to eliminate huge annual deficits. If you're going to do it, do it now right? They've proposed raising the federal gas tax by 12 cents over two years and indexing it to inflation to make the concept more palatable to fiscal conservatives. The 18.4 cent per gallon gas tax hasn't been raised since 1993 as vehicles have become more efficient. The revenue generated by the tax has dropped. Um, I don't know. The Highway Trust Fund is short more than $160 billion over the next 10 years, and it doesn't take a rocket sciences from NASA to drive the streets of California and go, oof, maybe we don't want to train because we don't need more potholes. Anyhow, anyway, I'm digressing. S&P 500, hello everybody, it's me, Rob Black. The S&P 500 is down 15, the Dow is down 83, the NASDAQ down 35. Oil's down 4% today. Oof, $46 a barrel, 46.28. Gold is up fractionally. Ten-year treasury sits at 1.93. Ten-year treasury's a flight to safety. European dollars now are going there and buying our debt because, hey, we don't really want to put it in Europe in case they devalue their currency too much and or something collapses. So it gives us cheap money in the United States. So it's nice for me. I've been toying with the idea of picking up a vacation property Another one, and uh, keep mortgage rates low. <laughs> Let world calamity reign. Now, here is where I'd be freaked out of my mind. Let's say I was 60, and I'm close to becoming Soylent Green, because I think all people should be turned into food at 65. And then we, that'll help save Social Security. I mean, really, people, really. Um, if I was 60 and I, I don't want to take a lot of chances because I want my money to last another five years, I wish I could park it in a bank and get a decent rate of return, but you can't. You know, CD, pff, rates are like one quarter of one eighth of a percent. No, thank you. Um, too low, too low. So that's one area where obviously our government hates old people because they've made the cost of money so cheap. 
that we don't need the CDs money. We don't need to pay them high rates of return because we can get it elsewhere. GM versus electric. GM, no, no. GM versus tech, Tesla. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, 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 woogie. Let me try that one more time. GM versus Tesla. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, 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 woogie. I mean, Elon Musk's Tesla Motors has long been the darling of the new economy, auto world, but it's facing a challenge. General Motors has unveiled a new all-electric hatchback called the Chevy Bolt, which will get 200 miles on a single charge. But probably more importantly, the Bolt will be priced at $30,000 of real savings over the models offered by Tesla. That's going to get interesting. A couple years away. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up this Thursday evening. Boogie, woogie, 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 woogie. It's electric. You can sign up for it at Palo Alto. It's at the Elks Club in Palo Alto on Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. Sign up at robblack.com this Thursday, 630 to 9. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. A Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you need to bring up? Talk about we could do it. China's customs police catch a man with 94 iPhones strapped to his body. The photos are pretty remarkable because it looks like bombs. Uh, the man was arrested for smuggling in 94 iPhones. He strapped a ring of iPhones around his thighs, his torso, his calves, his crotch, using a combination of plastic bags and tape. This is a common tactic for iPhone smugglers. The phones are usually stolen. The phones in question are being held in customs uh, in China. That tells you Apple's got something good on their hands, right? Are you with me or not? Um, another twist on Apple today. Apple didn't waste any time when it came to publishing a new app showing support for the Je suis Charlie campaign in its app store. The app called Je suis Charlie simply allows you to show your support by sharing your location on a map. Uh, the publisher behind the app, which appears to be French news source Nice Matin, 
reportedly emailed Apple CEO Tim Cook to request an expedited review for the app, French blog uh, reported. According to the website, um, you know, Apple takes a long time to review and publish new apps. The Je suis Charlie uh, translates to I am Charlie. The campaign encourages people around the world to stand up for freedom of speech. And following that terrorist attack in Paris, based on the set, uh, Charlie Hebdo, killed 12 people. Uh, Apple previously showed its support for the movement by adding Just Sweet Charlie Footer to its first site. Google also did it $300,000 to help the magazine print 1 million copies. Um, so Google and Apple getting in on the... Um, support, you know, and good karma for that, for sure. Um, Apple and Google, a lot of times on this show, we do stories about how the European Union don't like these companies. Um, the government's, you know, trying to figure out ways to tax them or shut down their searching or things along those lines. So good for Tim Cook rushing through, you know, a one-hour app approval. Um, again, showing you how embedded in our culture they are. I own shares of Apple. I'm not trying to promote them. I'm just trying to report, you know, what the stories of the day are. Um, last night, a big night for Amazon. They won a Golden Globe for its TV series, Transparent. A second series has already been commissioned. Amazon did something, or does something kind of interesting. I don't know the exact details, but I'll tell you what I do know. And someone out there listening will probably screech because they do know the exact details. But they order like 10 pilots every year, and they decide we're going to make three or four adult shows and three or four kids shows. And based on, you know, the pilot, and you get a vote. And unlike ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, where it's, some rich, no, no, I'm not going to say rich, some pompous, uh, I'm not going to say a dirty word, but let's call him the a pompous Richard, is sitting up in his lovely office in New York, and he decides, you know what, this year, vampires are hot. We need a vampires and werewolves series. Where I'm kind of honestly, I'm burned out on vampires. Um, so Amazon will put up a vampires, you know, pilot, but then you vote on it, and maybe you want the the elderly man admitting he's a transgender coming out to his family kind of angle. So Amazon's letting us decide what we want from them as far as television production goes, and that's very, very novel as an idea. And Amazon and Netflix have really shaken the pillars of the traditional media companies by copying what companies like FX, AMC, and HBO have done by making high-quality TV and trusting the creators to do serial shows um, and not one-offs, per se. Um, interesting to note. You know, again, congratulations to Amazon. Uh, streaming of media, it's not the story of the year. We all know it. We all do it. But when you get recognition for the quality, good for you. Um, Samsung's going to build components for the Apple Watch. I find this interesting. You know, aren't these guys supposed to be at war with each other? Kinda. Box is preparing for an IPO, but the valuation price is currently $1.5 billion, down from the $2.4 billion figure in July. Telling you that venture capital has gotten a lot of control. 
and they've kind of, I mean, that's a billion-dollar mistake. The storage platform company updated its S1 on Friday and confirmed that it started its roadshow, which is a standard procedure to go from city to city and get brokers and companies excited about the IPO so that we can put our money or our clients' money into IPOs, initial public offerings. Box is offering 12.5 million shares in a price range of 11 to $13. It's not going to be 11 or $13. It's going to be 40 to 60 when it first opens. Um, and if you take a look at a lot of IPOs in the last year, um, El Polo Loco, for instance, was a chicken restaurant that came out at 20. Next couple of days, it's at 40. It goes all the way back to 20. At 20, it's a great deal. At 40, it's not. So that's how you have to kind of think about IPOs, is that insiders will sell and you know get out, and you don't want to be the lone fish swimming upstream if everyone else is swimming downstream at you. It's difficult, and I think those fish die when they get to their location more often than not. So um, the funding that Box has had, and Box is kind of like um, an online storage, so if you know, I want to save a file, I can upload it. If I want to share it, I can share it with others. I can go to a different computer and download it. You can download it, things like that. Over 44,000 organizations pay for Box services, accounting for more than 32 million users. More than 48% of Fortune 500 companies are paying customers, including General Electric, Toyota, and Eli Lilly. So, um, high cost in sales and marketing have resulted in a loss for the company. You know, they have $153 million in sales, um, which was double the previous years, or nearly double, but their marketing costs have been very, very high, total net loss of $121 million. So, what they hope is that you get established and then you kind of turn into a subscription model. Uh, the high sales and marketing costs relative to its revenue draws concerns for me as an investor, as an analyst. It spent $124 million in the first 10 months of 2013 on sales and marketing and only generating $85 million in sales. The following year, it spent even more on sales and marketing at $152 million um, for the first 10 months, but that also nearly doubled sales to $153 million. So a little bit better at closing the gap. But still, pretty significant, pretty significant losses. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I don't think I see... SpaceX launched a rocket into space and landed it on a floating ocean platform. The landing was too hard, but that's a big step forward in space travel, but also in using reusable rockets, which is a way of saving money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Big event coming up this Thursday night in Palo Alto. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning. So if you're over 40 and closing in on retirement, this event could be for you. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com this Thursday in Palo Alto at the Elks Club, 630 to 9, with CFP Chad Burton and myself. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back.
I'm Rob Black. You're not. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I do have an event coming up this Thursday, and I'd love for you to come out to it. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's one of the few things that I really, really enjoy and it's one of the reasons I continue to do radio and television is because I get to meet people and hang out with people that I like. Um, my audience gets what I'm trying to do, get you to retirement. This is an event with CFP Chad Burton that really focuses on that whole concept. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk a little bit Joining more. Joining me about. now, CFP Chad Burton talking all things financial with me. Annuities, Chad. I'm so fortunate that I didn't meet an insurance agent early in my life that wanted to sell me an annuity because they sound great. They they're too good to be true sometimes. Uh, let's talk a little annuities. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, this is, you know, I kind of got into the business on that end of it. Grandfather sold annuities and funds at banks for many years. And How did you make money selling annuities? Give us a uh, little it's little it's all commission-based. So basically what happens is, um, so annuities came into play, Rob, back when capital gains were up at 27%. Okay. So you could get fixed annuities, and fixed annuities were typically, you know, 1% to 2% higher than CDs. And they're tax-deferred, so it's a tax-deferred way to save money. Um, and so they're great, they were great for older people that wanted to rate higher than CDs, but they wanted to save money. Then variable annuities came into play because it was a way to invest in mutual fund-type investments and be able to rebalance and trade your portfolio in a tax-deferred setting. And oftentimes, people in retirement were lower in their tax brackets than capital gains brackets were if you invested in stocks. Then we've got you know into the basically 90s, 2000s, when capital gains rates started to come down, and the fees inside those products were starting to go so high that they were eating up the tax benefits. Um, you know, and that's about the time in, in, what, about 94 or 5 or so that I started a fee-based financial planning practice and uh, didn't like the idea. So I love financial planning. I just don't like sales. I don't like commissions involved when it comes to getting the best advice. People need to work with a fiduciary. Especially when they could be egregiously high commissions. Yeah, and it took a while for the annuity industry, Rob, to, to catch on. People that have been listening for you and I to year, for years. Um, we've been doing this stuff together for, what, 13 to 15 years or so? Long time. Yeah, gosh, 15 years, I guess. And we used to just hammer on annuities and how horrible they were. Well, now there's some no-load versions of annuities that are out there that we've talked about before that can be good bond alternatives for people that are, you know, 60 and above. And they're looking to create kind of their own pension plans. But a lot of people, unfortunately, have bought or are stuck in really bad, ugly products, and they don't know what to do about it. That's referred to, I think, what you're referring to as a TV show called Annuity Rescue. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> It'll never become a TV show, but it, it's dramatic, right? How do you get out of a bad annuity? Well, you have, a, you have options. Um, first of all, uh, if it's in an IRA, you're free to do whatever you want. If okay. your annuity is an IRA, you can transfer it back into a no-load fund company, back into a brokerage account um, without any taxes involved. You just do an IRA transfer. However, you have to look at the contract and say, do I have surrender charges? Because if you are working with a commission-based person, you have to say, do I have surrender charges, and what am I giving up if I give out of, get out of it? In other words, if you bought an annuity at the market high and you have this really high death benefit and a really low value, and... You don't really want the money. It's going to go to your heirs. Well, then you might not want to give up that death benefit. But if you do and you realize that, gosh, this annuity, I bought it from a commission-based person. It's 3% or more in internal fees that I didn't know about when I bought it. 
because I didn't read the prospectus. Well, then if it's an IRA, transfer it into a no-load fund company or a brokerage account and reinvest it in better products. Um, if it's a non-qualified, it's not an IRA, you can still transfer it into a better annuity by way of what's called a 1031 exchange where you can, uh, or I'm sorry, a 1035 exchange. 1031 is for real estate. 1035 exchanges for annuities. And that's where you can go take your existing ugly annuity, do a tax-free exchange into something that's better. Um, so if you're retired and you need income, maybe it's a no-load annuity that has a lifetime guaranteed income benefit where there's a couple out there that have their no-load. You can come and go as you wish, but they'll, depending on your age, give you 5% or more um, income for life no matter what the market does. If the market does better, your income can go up. If the market does worse, the income can go down. I'm not going to give out it names. It cannot go down. I'm not going to give out names, but there's a guy on PBS who recommends refinancing your mortgage and dumping it into an annuity. See, those people should go in jail. That's why. That's how the reverse... He's on, wait, wait. He's on PBS. Uh, he should go to jail. I know. <laughs> the um, There's also an advisor um, uh, that actually is very, very wise with IRA rules that t- tells people to pull money out of their IRA and buy life insurance. Um there's always a catch somewhere. You got to say, how is this person making money? And so the advice that they're giving, where's the financial interest? Anyways, a lot the, of people don't know that PBS is paid for in commercial. It's basically infomercials. You come to them with money, and they decide to put you on or not. Which is why people get ticked off that they get government sponsorship a lot of times, right? Yep. So, um, anyways, getting back to the annuity, yeah, you have to say, okay, I, I'm not sure what to. Do. I know this annuity product is bad. I'm not sure what to do about it. So that makes make sure that when you're trying to figure out what to do about it, you're going to either a fee-based or an hourly-based advisor so that they can give you some good advice in terms of what to do. There's fixed annuities, there's indexed annuities, and there's variable annuities. 98% of them are horrible, but there are a couple good ones out there. At CFP Chad Burton, you can talk to him, you can find him, you can work with him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And you can come out to the event Thursday night, 639 Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge to get a, a one-on-one per se. Uh, we're going to go over a lot of you know retirement ideas, portfolio structure, tax efficiency. Make sure you don't run out of money. I mean, seriously. This has to be the number one concept for me in my life of making sure my money lasts till the day I die and then pass it on to my heirs in a you know tax-efficient way. I don't want to give it all to the government. Um, so sign up for the event at rubblack.com. It's rubblack.com. Oil's crashing again down to about $46 a barrel of oil would need to drop below 40 for about a six-month period for it to really hurt the U.S. shale drillers. Uh, Prince Alawalid bin Talal out of Saudi Arabia um, said, we won't see $100 a barrel oil again. That There's too many parts of the world that are pumping it to competitively ever get that demand that high. That seems a bit crazy, but also look at um, there's some islands down in island nations <laughs> that are now going completely electric, um, and they're doing it with solar and they're doing it with um, wind, and more and more of that's going to happen. Again, will we ever be completely off oil? I don't think so. Uh, but again, I'm not smart enough to say that right and or wrong. Nike's going to sell those self-lacing Back to the Future sneakers, and one of the things that they do, and they're going to sell that this year, is they have product that creates insane demand to the point that they limit how many of them are out there, and people on make a good living. By, people make a good living by buying Nike shoes and selling them online in an auction. Now, self-lacing Back to the Future shoes, 
no interest to me, but I could see some kids going nuts about them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Lululemon came out with a pretty good quarter. You might remember they had the black sheer pants debacle. And I bring that up in large part because it was a negative story. And, you know, I would jokingly say things like, Oh, I don't mind black sheer yoga pants. (laughs) You get the idea. Um, So one of the negatives, or one of the positives, or one of the negatives, is sometimes bad news creates buying opportunities. And that's like the law of the land. If you can't do that, if you can't grasp that, you really shouldn't be involved in investing in any way, shape, or form. You shouldn't, like, I don't know. I've got a friend who sat on a quarter of a million dollars in cash because he thought the markets was too high for the last five years. He kind of became paralyzed by it. And that's unfortunate. Sometimes you have to have a shopping list and you say to yourself, for better, for worse, I'm probably going to stick with this. Now, you don't have to lock yourself into that because that would be stupid. But you do have to have a list. And yoga's a trend. I mean, you could start building a story, right? Um, yoga is a trend that, is it a fad or is it a trend? I think it's more of a trend. Um, stretching is really important. You don't have to do like the best downward dog in my opinion, but you do have to get your hips pushed out so that when you're 65, 70, you know, you're able to walk in things. Lululemon, uh, pulls in $1.6 billion a year in sales. It's... 97 on Fortune's fastest-growing companies uh, back in 2014. So I picked up an article back then. You know, and I think Fortune and Forbes are nice reads. Um, they compete with the, the Gap, Nike, and Adidas, as well as uh, you know the Gap's got a Athletica line out there, Lululemon Athletica. They designed you know yoga-inspired apparel under the Lululemon and Iviva Athletica brands. It operates 250 company-owned stores. Um, 
it specializes in making women's clothes that for yoga, dance, running. They also have some men's clothes. Most of their vendors are obviously in Taiwan. Um, so the stock got into trouble and it created, a, in my opinion, a buying opportunity. Best ever? No. Solid? For sure. Um, is there still risk in the stock? Yeah. Keep in mind it went from 60 down to 40, 38. Now it's gone from 38 up to 60. Starbucks had the same kind of problem numerous years ago um, where it fell hard. It fell 50%, and it created a buying opportunity for long-term patient investors. Uh, but again, you have to be able to buy when something goes from 60 to 50, you buy, but you have to be able to buy more if it goes to 40. Um, so you scale in. You buy a little bit now, a little bit in three months, a little bit in six months. And whether it goes up or down, if you bought it low and it goes up, you're happy. If you bought it low and it goes lower, you're even more happy that you had some more money to throw at it. Um, so anyway, let's talk a little real estate. Tony Mendez. Joining me now. Tony Mendez, talking a little real estate, and Tony and I are friends, and we go back ways, and he does all my mortgage loans, and anytime I need to refer someone, I know that he gets the job done. Um, he and I talk on a regular basis, and one of our conversations recently was, I think you should consider buying or pushing Oakland as the next big thing, in large part because the Google buses, because the Facebook buses. It's telling me that people are willing to travel large distances to get to work, and they want affordable housing. They also want a party in San Francisco, but they want affordable housing. And I look at the affordable housing of Oakland as attractive compared to San Francisco enormously. And I think the next wave of jobs, maybe it's people getting fired. Maybe, it's, maybe the jobs won't come. But I think if jobs come, I think you know, an area like in Oakland will do very, very well. What's your thoughts? Well, the first important thing that you said was it's affordable or more affordable. And the Bay Area, everybody knows the Bay Area is expensive. I mean, median home price is over $500,000. And that pertains to Oakland as well. There's several $500,000 homes plus. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people have to start considering places like the East Bay, Oakland, San Leandro, Hayward, Fremont, so on. Well, Fremont, maybe not so much. Uh, their, their median price is over 600000 But it's all about affordability, and people are starting to look at places like Oakland and, and Jack London condos and so forth. There was a big condo rush in Oakland, um, and which has driven the the community there. There's a really nice um, night uh, uh, nightlife in Oakland. You know, the Fox Theater's there, Broadway, Telegraph area is really nice. I'll be and, honest with you. I went to a show. I saw a train, I think it was. Who else have I seen there? You saw the, the girl. What's her name? Um, pianist. Yeah. What is her name? Uh, 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 uh. That one. That one. Um, long story short, got really drunk. Had a good time. Partied, stayed at a hotel right across from the Fox. Mm -hmm. um, Rebecca something. Why am I forgetting this? Anyway, neither here nor there. I think it, it's vibrant enough. In Regina. Regina Spector. You're correct. Okay, so different topic. Different topic. Um, and I might have been the only straight male there that night. <laughs> Just so you know. Just so you know. Um, so is there a chance that we're wrong about potentially thinking that the next big thing is Oakland when in reality, like, you mix that with people under 35. They're future home buyers. They're the future jobs that we need to come in and support an area. Again, I own no real estate in Oakland. I'm just, you know, talking this through that I don't think anyone could afford my city. Um, they could afford the outskirts of my city, which I guess maybe that's the outskirts of the San Francisco. Is Oakland. And 
should people be looking at the outskirts of great cities, or should they be looking at Oakland? Oh, uh, I, I would look at – I would – it's all up to – uh, that's a tough question, Rob. Because I know there's no right answer. There is no right answer. Uh, first-time home buyers, especially, are are getting squeezed. Their rents are going up, home prices are going up, rates are going up. There's no inventory. Right. I mean, what? How, how worse of a scenario can you have? Um, and and that eventually is going to turn neighborhoods in, in, into better neighborhoods. There's going to be some transitions, and Oakland is one of them, in the outlying areas of Oakland. Uh, and we're already starting to see that. Um, there was a big condo push, like we had talked about, and, and that's revitalizing a lot of the businesses in, in, that are nearby. And, and that's going to continue spreading. Um, the, the area between Berkeley and Oakland, that's being revitalized. Uh, and home prices are going up. Taxes are going up. Uh, revenues from taxes are going up. So it, it, it's a snowball effect, um, so to speak. And in, at the same time, a lot of more people are able to refinance and stay in their home. So... Um, I like Oakland. I like the East Bay. There's it, this morning traffic was great. I was okay. able to get up and down 880 at six o'clock this morning. That's it rare, was, it, which is rare. Typically, there's a couch on the road. You know what's funny is I hear, you know, I check the traffic reports and 880 is great. You know, there's always something on 580 or 680, and never on 880. Rarely, except for a, a except for the cow tra- tractor trailer flipped tra- over into the three. Right, East Bay. I know what you're trying to say, but you know, I, I like the fact that you've changed your. You tune. know that I'm. Oh, you know, I've ch- you've changed your tune on on East Bay. I'm not. I a, like it. No, I'm. I'm saying you always have to look at the opportunities and trends, and I am fascinated by the millennials because they don't mind smaller spaces. So I think if Oakland hits, I think it will be in the condos and townhouses, which I typically it, it don't. There's so few inventory right now in condos, and, and all of them are expensive. But there's a lot of people that still could be, as you use the word, pushed out. Um, I use the word gentrification. It goes back to my time in New York when I saw Hell's Kitchen go from a rough neighborhood to a lot of yuppies sipping you know, um, grass tea. And I think the same thing happens in Oakland, where yep. the taxes go up. I think people get pushed out. I think the anger that you saw in San Francisco over Google buses, I think, turns into the anger that you'll see in Oakland is... Again, money money talks, and rent control loses over time as the landlords and owners want desperately to get higher costs out of uh, higher payments out of people. Anyhow, and anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good resource for all things tied towards real estates and loans. BayAreaLoanSource.com. So there's a great article in the New York Times today, which is a great read. Um, I start my day with briefing.com, but I ultimately do end with like New York Times and Wall Street Journal. It's tied towards language translation technology. It's starting to deliver on its promise. Skype, Microsoft's video calling service, has kind of rolled out uh, a beta where it will instantly translate in real time and, and type it for you. Um, it's going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of updates, but we're there. Technology of turning one tongue to another can still be downright terrible or downright arable. Um, The service is required a headset. It works best if a speaker paused to hear what the other person says. The experience is a little as if two telemarketers were using walkie-talkies. But for those Americans who are afraid to travel overseas because of language barriers, this is a big plus. Hold out your phone and it translates it into text for you. Um, You could do the same thing right back at them. How about a job interview? Um, I've got board up. Well, no, I mean, anyone. What if, you know, you are willing to relocate to Taiwan, but you don't know the language? You could interview here. You don't have to fly there. 
like pretty cool stuff. Anyway, um, you can find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget, I'll be at the event this Thursday, 630 to 9, Palo Alto Elks Lodge, Wealth Preservation Retirement Plan. I'll talk a little real estate. I'll talk some stocks I'm buying, stocks I own, and why. We'll talk about portfolios. We'll talk about efficiencies. We'll talk about states. It'll be a good event. Sign up today at robblack.com. It's this Thursday, 630 to 9. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Luxury jeweler Tiffany's is crashing today, down 6-plus percent. It's trading at 18 times next year's earnings, which is a high multiple. It's not the craziest multiple I've ever seen, but it's high. Worldwide sales during the holiday season fell about 1%. The luxury jeweler expects earnings in the range of $4.15 to $4.20 from the previous range of 420 to 430. But they were also supposed to probably benefit a little bit more from people having more money and an improving economy. Now, clearly sales for the holiday period were disappointing. According to the CEO, sales in the US were down by about 1%, Japan down by 8%. And that's pretty bad news for the company because both the US and Japan prides themselves on luxury gifts and engagement rings. I find it totally inane, and any guy that spends a crazy amount on um, an engagement ring, if you're not making $150,000 or more, you shouldn't be spending over $5,000 most. And I know that's bad news for women, and they're probably all in a group going, boo, boo, Rob Black. But I'd rather you as a couple focus on romance and love and less on baubles that shine. Um, so Tiffany's trying to innovate itself out of this problem. And I don't know if it's the best thing that they're doing right now, but they unveiled a new ad over the weekend featuring a gay couple in its latest engagement campaign, which has received praise from both the fashion media and several celebrities. It's groundbreaking. Is it product driven or is it marketing driven? What is it? So that's where I kind of go, hmm, is that enough? And for me, I want to see the company raise expectations. So, for instance, today, Lululemon raised expectations. It's expensive. But I'd rather be buying a company that's raising expectations than cutting expectations. Now, this isn't a massive cut for them, so they don't have far to fall. Their stock was at a recent 52-week high not too long ago. So Tiffany's issue, you know, they compete with the Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, um, a Harry Winston, other high-end brands. Breakfast at Tiffany's has turned into a bountiful buffet with fine crystal and flatware. Um, it's fine jewelry. company also puts its names on silverware, timepieces, china, stationery, other luxury items. Which, again, I don't know. How do you entice the, the budget-minded Buffy? So they've 
did it by doing things like keychains. They didn't have a luxury feel to them, but it's a keychain. It's a keychain. Uh, so, anyway, that's about all I have for you. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm going to be coming out with a look at the stock market and the trends of 2015 probably tomorrow. I'm working on it right now and editing it down. I'm going to send it out as multiple parts of a newsletter. So you can get the first installment if you sign up at robblack.com for the newsletter, robblack.com. And again, it's going to be some of the trends that are out there. Uh, whether it's electric cars or investing in banks or you know technology companies, social media 2.0, some of the old tech versus new tech. It's funny to th- think of it that way, but I'm going to send that out probably tomorrow. It's installment number one, and I'm probably going to do three or four installments over the next two months, so you can sign up for the event. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter at robblack.com under newsletter, and while you're there, you can also sign up for the seminar tomorrow night. Um, not tomorrow night, Thursday night. Thursday night in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge Hotel. The Oaks Lodge Hotel. Uh, Oaks Lodge, not hotel. I'm saying everything wrong. Tomorrow, today, you can sign up at robblack.com for the Palo Alto event. Thursday night, 639. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event at the Elks Lodge, which is kind of a community center. It's probably the best way of saying it. Tons of parking. Eh, the food's not the greatest, but you're not going for the food. There'll be wine and cheese and other sundries. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Taking a look at headlines out there. The markets, in particular, are slumping as oil is slumping. Oil slumps 5% after Goldman slashes the forecast to um, 40 bucks a barrel. So you're seeing SP500 down roughly 7 tenths of 1%. Dow down roughly 84 points. NASDAQ down 33 points. They're all down anywhere between half and three quarters of a percent. Tesla, though, is a standout, falling three percent. Um, the car show is going on right now, one of the big car shows, and GM's unveiled a car that's going to be two or three years in the making. But it's the uh, the all electric Bolt. You know, will it pose a threat to Tesla and or not? Um, affordable electric cars are right around the corner, but luxury electric cars are here right now. And maybe some of the more affordable ones as well. But Tesla shares have gotten a little bit rocky recently with lower gas prices. Now with this coming out of GM, a car that can go 200 miles and cost $30,000. A lot of young people are going to like that. Um, But again, will it put Tesla out of business? Probably not. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Tesla's Model S has been a technological marvel you know, receiving numerous awards, including Consumer Reports, uh, Motor Trend, Automobile Magazines, you know, awards. Um, deals with major car companies to produce various parts, also proven lucrative. Something Musk has said must continue in the future. Uh, the Model S has proven to be incredibly popular. Musk recently said Tesla is expecting to grow revenue by 50% per year for this foreseeable future. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Big event coming up Thursday night. And I'm also going to send those, start putting together that newsletter for you on some of the trends of 2015, where you should be throwing some of your money. You can find out more about the newsletter and the event Thursday in Palo Alto at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.